As a performer, your body is there. Hi, I'm Mad Kate, and you're listening to Sweat, Sexuality, Work, Extraction, Art, Theatrics. Sweat is a series of conversations about performance and performativity of the sexual and sexualized body at work, where work is broadly defined as the labor of survival, the labor of care, creativity, and art. How exactly do we define our work, and how does that work entangle and circumscribe our sexual identities, our creative lives, and the ways in which we provide care? How do we perform tasks, acts of care, and identities? Anchored in our always already racialized and sexualized bodies, our complex intersectionalities, these conversations are a means of relating through work to each other. I hope they contribute to dialogues which normalize sex work as work and all work as deserving of respect, healthy conditions, and a living wage. People who like BDSM has to make a very long journey to accept themselves because otherwise they judge themselves as the judgment comes from outside. And it's a very complicated journey, but it's just a different way to perceive the pleasure and feelings and to create different kind of lines and connections with people. And this is highly somatic. This month's conversation is with Anbrita Sunshine, a BIPOC queer artist and performer actively working between the European and West African scenes. Coming from a multidisciplinary path, she trained as a dancer and choreographer, creating a fusion between various disciplines, including BDSM, sexual energy awakening practices, tantra, dance, and the use of sound and voice. For me, the concept of healing don't exist because to heal something, we need to come from the perspective there is something broken. So we start from the point of view of the judgment. And if I don't judge, there is not exist something broken or wrong. We met in Berlin during our rehearsal period for the project Sweating Together, in which we composed a duet. Ambrita has been working for the last three years completely nomadically. This question about the working body is a very big topic for me, and I think for a lot of people. First of all, because I am a performer, uh, but I come from a long journey into the contemporary dance. Around 10 years ago, I felt that I want to leave the contemporary dance world because it's too strict for me, because the bodies are considered an instrument who have to make the choreography. But there is, for example, a very big lack into feeling the sexuality. So, for example, for me, the sexuality is super important. And I love to feel this energy and this power. And I don't want to hide uh, where I come from. So in Italy are two words very separated. Like when you are into the dance body, you cannot go around to all these feelings and excitement and sexuality. And I felt I cannot really express myself as I would love as an artist. So I started to move into the contemporary performance uh, where I can feel I have more space to express what I feel. And also I started uh, to meet people who are not dancers. And I love so much to meet other bodies who have a lot of stuff to say, a lot of human beings who have a lot of stuff to say, but they were not trained uh, in this super strict uh, way where the bodies are considered machines. 
So one thing is that one. And when I perform, most of the time I'm not feeling that I'm really working because in my mind, for example, work is something that is not so nice to do. It's something is hard, but we, have, we must to do because socially, economically, ego, for so many reasons. But the word work for me is not related to something that I, where I find my pleasure. But when I perform, I find my pleasure a lot because of that I decided to do that. And I try, for example, to don't perform if I don't feel it. I try to don't accept proposal where I feel are not really related in what I do. Because like before, I was feeling that I need to work. I need to do performances. I need to do show because this is my job and I, I must do it all the year. And then I realized it, that I was not anymore happy. When the big crazy COVID situation is came, I was in Ivory Coast. And I was not able to come back in Europe and all my shows were canceled. And I felt blessed. It was crazy, but I was happy about it. I felt like, okay, finally I can rest. Finally, I don't have the obligation to do something that I don't feel. I'm very happy that I can just stay with myself and discover if I still love to use my body as a performer or not. And during this time, I can discover other possibilities. And I spent in Ivory Coast around two years. And finally, I felt that I don't want to do everything uh, they asked to me or any kind of proposal, but I started really to make decisions about. I spent most of my time studying stuff that I was super interested to regarding energetical healing and the spiritual journey. Finally, I had the time to spend all my days into practicing meditations or opening books and read finally. And I really enjoyed it. I was so happy. I was giving, I was going around there, teaching meditation classes in the middle of the woods or doing retreat on the beach. I was very connected with people also in Europe who needed help in this crazy situation. I was not feeling my energies drained because I was over there able to recharge myself at the same time. So, and so for this long time, I felt that I'm not sure I want to come back to perform. I'm not sure I want to come back to dance. I will take a time until I felt that okay, I'm missing that. So it's not anymore for me thinking to that as work, but I, I created something parallel. So now I can really feel when I'm perform and dance, I do for my pleasure. What are some of the other jobs that you do that make that possible? I think a lot of performers would love that situation. I'm always curious about people that manage to find that balance. This is weird, but what's happening during the time, I really create a system where all the jobs that I do, I do because I really love. So no one job is like something that I must do, but there are a few different and all I can do it for my pleasure. So there are the things that I do. I am a dominatrix and since more than 20 years and I started very young and I always did for my pleasure. And then it started that I start to do it that for 
sessions and I like it, but not always. And now I give my, to myself the possibility to do uh, BDSM sessions as dominatrix when I really like it, when I really know they can en- I can enjoy that space, where I can express myself and I can play with people that are really intrigue me somehow. And if it's not that the case, I just say, no, thank you. It's not the only one option. And another job that I do is as an energetic healer and meditation teacher. And I love to do it. I love to help people, do coaching, sustain them, give tools for them to go through their journey. It's really inspiring to have these many different facets of the working life. How does your study in energetic healing inform your practice as a dominatrix or as a performer? Yes, it's informed a lot, I think. Uh, in To be a dominatrix, for example, give me an understand very deep about the situation of the person that I have in front of me. Because People who decide to have a session decide to have a session for different reasons, so many different reasons. But, like, I don't want to judge, so I try to avoid to have an understanding about why in their private life they decide to do that because I think it's a moment of release and pleasure and to look for something that maybe is not possible to have in a private space or also like private, I mean, um, intimate space with maybe your partner, because sometimes people that I met uh, were not able to share these with their partner. Or I think there are so many reasons. Also, sometimes you want to just have fun in a different way. But the energetical journey uh, helped me to understand, for example, where they are. If they are completely into the mind, if they are into the body, into the sexuality, into the fear. Actually, there is a lot of people who come to me trying to use the BDSM as a way to work in their traumas also. And I'm very happy if I can mix these two things and help them. So it's happened to me a few times that people officially, who knows that I do this both work, ask it to me to do kind of healing session through BDSM. So I mix, for example, different kind of play games and tool with the journey into help them to open, for example, the journey of the traumas. That's beautiful. Can you tell me a little bit more about how that could work? Yes, definitely. For example, we have, before to start, we have a very long discussion about where you, where are their fears or what's bring them to me and what they will love. It's very important to me to know what they will love because to work as a dominatrix and as an energetical healer is completely different than what I do in my private life. So, for example, if I have my private play in my private life, it's not only about what the person who come to be topped by me desire is also about my own desires mm, yeah yeah sure so there i i go in that place with a totally different intention mm-hmm. 
be, but if a person come to me with this kind of request about to do this journey about healing something, I need really to understand what the person need. And sometimes the person cannot express by word because the person is not aware about. So I need to go to dive into this journey and to understand. And then we put the boundaries and the safe word. And then I start to play in with the different kind of ways or tools that I feel can be a journey for the person. So for example, I can use ropes. I use ropes a lot with people who has difficulty to let it go and who has like panic attack or this kind of thing. So I play through the rope, but on the same time I am with their consent, of course, because we discussed it before, but also I go to kind of intervention through energetical healing on the same time during I, I tied with my ropes. So I am unlocked, for example, chakras or past memories, and I let it go, those past memories, to help the person just to let it go what is not able to do by themselves. Wow. So I'm I can visualize you being with somebody in a in a scene as a dominatrix but I'm curious how you are also able to understand where they're energetically blocked if they themselves don't know I am just able to see so I can visualize where the blockages are and I can feel it through my hands or through my body I'm like I developed this um, kind of capacity to physically and emotionally to be connected with the other person when I decide not 24-7 because otherwise it's like I'll freak it out. (laughs) (laughs) But when I decide I want to go into that through my hands and body and my visions, I'm able to visualize where, where I need to go to work. Wow. And is that something that you've always had or is that something that you have a way of studying? Yes, definitely. I think somehow something like that, it was always in my life since I was a baby because I always felt stuff like that, but I was not able to give a name. I was not able to really um, explore or understand better. And because of that, I started a lot of years ago to study energetical healings and I I went in a spiritual journey because I was really, I was feeling there was something that I was not able to understand completely and I was needed to find an explanation and understanding and also to dive into that. I went into a lot of different schools and journeys, some better, some worse. So I, I, w- I would love to say it's something that I had already, but also I studied and understand el- exactly what means and how I can use it and also amplified a lot. And if the question is also if a person who don't have this can do it, yes. Like through this kind of studies, definitely uh, I became a teacher because I was because I believe in that. So I decided to teach this kind of things. And I am training people even here in Berlin. And this is, a, this is something that is definitely possible to open in a very also deep level. I want to talk a little bit about somatics. I think it's a word that's used uh, more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, for me as a performer, it's something that I'm trying to bring into 
my performance practice, but also my personal practice, because I found it really um, useful in terms of really understanding how emotions are operating in the body in a physical space. I'm curious, from your perspective, how you define somatics and how you how it relates to these different fields that we're talking about. So between BDSM and energetic play and performance. Hmm. I will say somatic is like kind of everything, like everything is related to body and emotions. And like when body get in contact with emotions, we create this connection and we go into the somatic connection, the somatic understanding. And all these words, um, BDSM, performance and healing are either related by body and emotions because BDSM exists exactly because create a different range of emotions. Emotions which normally we are not able to live and to express in a daily life because the society, because people are shy, because we judge ourselves. A lot of people judge themselves, for example, about this relationship with the BDSM. Maybe here in Berlin less, luckily. But outside, I have to say, there is a very big judgment. People normally react to BDSM like people who don't know, they act like, okay, but these people are like different or like uh, maybe there is something wrong into them. And people who like BDSM has to make a very long journey to accept themselves, to accept they like this. Because otherwise they judge them, themselves as the judgment come from outside. So a lot of people think about themselves, okay, I'm a complicated person, I cannot feel stuff, I am a different, I'm weird, I'm not good. People judge themselves because they like to see, for example, sufferance into someone else and they enjoy that and they feel, oh, so I'm very wrong because in this world we should be always loving and caring of the people. And if I'm enjoying to see some kind of suffering, so I'm a bad person. And it's a very complicated journey about that. But it's just a different way to perceive the pleasure and feelings and to create different kind of lines and connections with people. And this is highly somatic. This is highly somatic because... Through this understanding, we can understand there are different levels of how we can get connected with people or with ourselves. Because if I understand that without any judgment, I feel that, okay, this thing create into me pleasure. This thing create into me fear. This thing create into me anxiety. This thing create into me desire. This thing create in me hope. So immediately we can connect a physical body action or something uh, which is happening through our bodies because BDSM is, it can be very, very mental, also very physical. But through this mental side is still somatic because some kind of words or some kind of play are opening doors about feelings. So it is somatic for me. And the performance is highly somatic because 
we are working with our body or visions or creation that will express what we feel. And if we don't feel, uh, we can make a performance. And the energetical healing also, like it's um, personally, okay, socially, everybody called that energetical healing. So also I use this way to express that. But I would love more to refer to that as an energetical journey. Because for me, it's not about ill something. Because for me, it's not there's something wrong or broken. For me, it's about where we are in a point of our life and where we can go. So it's a journey. For me, the concept of healing don't exist. Because to heal something, we need to come from the perspective there is something broken. Mm-hmm. or there is something not good. So we start from the point of view of the judgment. And if I don't judge, there is not exist something broken or wrong. There exists just a way to be, a feeling, a situation. But also, for example, people who feel sad, it's not something that you have to adjust. It's, if in this moment you feel sad, it's fine. But it's interesting to understand why and to work into that. I'm thinking a bit about like when we bring somatics or we bring BDSM into performance, what happens there when we do it consciously? When you perform something, is it genuine? Are you able to bring in a real somatic connection in your own body or with your, the body of your partner? Okay, I would love to say, first of all, in the performance, I try as much as possible to bring a genuine feeling. So, for example, I create a kind of map inside of me where not only physical stuff happen, but also what's bring me over there emotionally. For example, speaking about our rehearsal, we have this part which we call uh, right now the burn tree. And at the start, when we started to dive into this part, I felt super erotic and I was relating this movement into fluids and into this kind of octopus. But of the octopus, I was not feeling only the shape during we were discovering that in a rehearsal. I was feeling this kind of jelly surface. I was feeling all this, um, the sections. So it was amazing. We were an entire construction figure with all these feelings. And for me, the octopus is a super sexual image because it's full of fluid outside and inside also. There is all this black fluid and from any tentacle get different informations. So I had this image about this kind of feeling. So I was feeling super sexual, super excited, but on the same time connected. And I was feeling the excitement of was coming from this big connection and from all the information I was getting through this movement. So when we go back into this part areas, I try to pull from the pocket I, have, I try to pull out this memory, which is like there in this kind of map. When this comes, there is this memory. And I pull and I put again inside of me. 
And the second thing is I, when I perform, I, I pull back this feeling into me as this kind of design. But on the same time, I create, I try to create a connection with the people who is uh, watching the performance. How do you do that? I really try to don't close my energy, but I try to feel the breath of the audience. I want to feel their eyes. Even if we're on the dark, I keep conscious that the, there are their eyes and their breath and bodies. And I connect with the fact that probably they are sweating. And I connect with, uh, I, I really physical imagine that I'm creating this kind of lines of energy sorting out from me and going into them. Because this for me is very important because I don't want to perform for myself. If I want to do for myself, I stay in my studio and I rehearse and I love it. I can enjoy like that. When I decide to show that to other people, it's because I want to create this resonance into them. Absolutely. This makes me think a lot about how in some dance spaces there's somehow the idea that sex is not present and I've always found this a bit of um, a strange dividing because I think the sexual body is always present. But when you go to see certain show you have the feeling there is not sex over there. How is this possible? <laughs> I think it's, a cre it's a because everything we think we create a kind of energy ways always. Uh, if there the idea is no sex, no sexual, this is what also the, the audience will receive. But it's not about to judge. Uh, maybe I think maybe some of these shows are amazing. I'm not judging the quality of the show. It's just you can notice there is a difference. This, I think, it depends from how the performers are thinking about their, themselves. As a performer, we are, let's say, transmitting uh, sexuality. How do we contend with how the audience feels about that? Like in terms of consent or in terms of being pulled into something that makes them feel uncomfortable? How do we deal with that? Okay, first of all, I will, I will say also this is the responsibility of the audience. Like, if they decide to go to see a performance, they are agree about to live an experience. And we can create a kind of alert, like there is nudity, there is a dark space, there is contact on bodies, for example. And so you can decide by yourself if you feel okay in to dive into this experience or not. We still love you. I mean, I find the question so interesting and I'm glad that the dialogue has become more nuanced and that there is more work that I feel like has been done to establish different performance spaces with some of these, what I understand as practices from BDSM, like um, gaining consent or talking about how to express yes or no inside of these spaces. I'm curious when it comes to like nudity, because we were discussing before, well, we were discussing costuming, right? And we were discussing what it means to be in the, the naked body, the symbolism of any kind of 
costume on our body. <laughs> and we are also discussing the symbolism of no costume at all and what this does in a space and how the, how the audience can react to this mm -hmm. and this relationship of, of consent in both ways. Yes, for sure there is this big topic about how much we want to sexualize our body. Because, for example, in this performance, the idea about to be naked is not about a sexual idea, but it's more about the skin and the not genderizing, because we were feeling that the clothes are genderized, our bodies more than how is just the naked body. And we want to focus into the skin, into the somatic part, into the feeling. And also we were discussing about the fact that in, in between the feelings, one feeling is also the sexual desire, which is part of that. It's very complicated for me personally when, when I feel my body, because of the shape of my body has, can be hypersexualized, but not eroticized. Are two different things. Uh, sometimes I meet people and they are attracted by my body, not because they have a kind of attraction, erotic attraction for me, which is totally fine and I agree and I love it because as I said before, I'm into that. Uh, I don't want to shut down my sexuality. But one thing is like to feel me as an erotic person. And one thing is to sexualize certain part of my body, like my boobs, my butt. And for a lot of people also, the fact that I am black is a fetish. So sometimes people and come, come to me and tell me, oh, I was always attracted by black women. And I'm like, it's the same as I say, oh, I was always attracted by people who has red hair. Mm -hmm. What is fucking is that? It's like, you are a human being. I'm a human being. We have so many stuff inside of us, so many characteristics. And so if I was not black, I was white, or <laughs> you were not attracted by me, what's fucking is that? Like, <laughs> so, like, this is a fetish. You're not speaking to a human being. You are speaking about an idea that you got from... I don't know where it's come from, but I think a lot of come from TV, internet, any kind of communication and socials. And people create this idea about how it should be your sexual erotic desire without connect with the somatic part where you listen your feeling. <laughs> so this for me is a big topic normally when I perform. Because the fact that I have this body that I have, a lot of time create this kind of thought into the people. I had to deal with that for a long time. So I am at the point where I am not anymore hurted by that or stressed about because after like 41 years, <laughs> it was for a long time a very, a very big journey, you know, like, see, hey, I'm here. <laughs> you can speak with me before, before to speak with my boobs. Hey. As a performer who, like, let's say in a dance performance where you're not speaking, how do you deal with that then? Because you're kind of, all of these ideas of the audience are 
adhering to you or sticking to you? I think during the years, I just learned how to don't hold all these thoughts from the people and just leave this stuff just crossing me as wind and don't stay on me. Because I learned that if I go on the stage, definitely the people will see me. And there will be one part of people who will see Amrita, the performer, and what Amrita is communicating. But there will be, of course, another part of the people who probably don't will see my show and will talk <laughs> on my butt, probably. And I am, like, aware. And um, I try just to let it go. And if they are into that, I feel like I cannot change people. Probably it's their journey to dive into that. So you've been dancing in Ivory Coast and also in Italy and a lot of other places as well. But I know that for some time you were living there. Like, how do you feel that some of these interpretations from the audience are different in that context? In Ivory Coast, uh, in... It's a bit of generalization, but I would say it's uh, it's a very big different feeling. Okay, first of all, Ivory Coast, uh, the ninety percent of the population is BPOC. So <laughs> I'm not so different from <laughs> all over the people around, which make me less visible because I'm, and my body also is not so different from the bodies that are around. So again. <laughs> nobody is focusing to me and nobody is fetishizing me because I am like, look like the rest of the population. Sometimes the people are attracted there because I am mixed. So it's visible that I am not completely Ivorian and these put on them, yes, desire, curiosity, of course, but I feel highly less than here in Europe. And about the performances, it's a very, I feel a very different regard. I don't know why, and I don't have an, a clearly explanation about that, but I have the feeling that people are not fetishizing other people so much. Maybe I'm wrong, but I have this feeling there is this kind of way where when I'm there, the people with I connect with are more interested in to understand who I am than how I look like. The performance world is very different because unfortunately, and this is the part to make me very sad, most of the population don't accede to artistic spaces. Sometimes I don't have access because of uh, money situation. But also when the events are for free, they don't have access to the information to get there because the social system is completely different. Um, also, there are not so many space to perform. So the scene is very small. Mm -hmm. And most of the people are more occupied by live their lives. Because 
for so many reasons. I think economical situation, a lot of kids to take care, uh, the priority after a, a daily work is to rest or to enjoy the friends, for example, or to eat with the family and not to prepare themselves to go to a show. What has spending time there and your journey that took you there brought to your, to your working body? What are some of the knowledges that you've gained from spending time there? What were you looking for? Did you find what you're looking for? I think the most big things that I get it and really changed it definitely my life in terms of performance was the idea that any idea you can have is good. And I love it so much. When I landed in Ivory Coast the first time, it was a bit more than 10 years ago. And uh, I was there to visit my family. The civil war was just finished, so before it was not possible for me to go there. And I went to the University of Art and Performances, and I met a few people. And I met this amazing choreographer, Bakom, which is still one of my best friends today. And, and then I decided to start the journey of studying over there. Uh, so I went there to get to my two master's degree over the years. And I was coming from this very strict dance world. And I was coming from a very high level uh, judgment system where my body has to be perfect. Uh, I cannot do something because someone already did this idea or you need to always look for the new steps or new stuff to show. And every time I was like proposing, for example, also to go in this in my sexual body and stuff, everybody were like, no, but we cannot go there. Like it's too much. Either once I received a commentary from a choreographer that I love so much and he told to me, your creations are amazing. When I watch what you are doing here on the real space, uh, it looks like a tableau, a tableau vivant, and put me in a very dreamy space. But honestly, I cannot produce you because I don't know where I can sell your work. And so I was coming from that and it was very sad, you know, like, okay, but how I can be an artist and on the same time be commercial. Because if I need to survive with that, if I need to sell my stuff and to get my money, to pay my rent, my food, and my art is not available to be sold, who is an artist? Like, to be an artist means, like, I should be free to express what I'm feeling, what, I, what are my visions. So when I went in Ivory Coast, I was with this big feeling, and I went there actually looking for new perspective, new body's ideas, and also it was a journey for myself. I was needed to discover this health part of me because the health Italian side, I, I discovered all my life. But I was needed to get in contact with my health part in Ivory Coast to understand, but not only the family, because family 
can give to you food and hugs and a good Sunday for chatting. But it was needed really to discover culturally what means. And it was needed to discover also the dance and the ancient rituals, the stuff that I'm really interested in to discover, which are crossing my past, my ancestors just coming to me. So I decided to go there. And during I was doing my first master, Bacom asked it to me to do this work. Uh, she said to me, look, she's the, she's the um, contemporary choreography teacher over there. And she asked it to me to do a creation. And during this time, I was always asking, but do you think this is good? Do you think, do you like, do you think? And she was like, do you like? Do you feel that in your body? Do you enjoy when you're dancing this? If you feel that you are enjoying and and your dreams are open, of course it's good. Do you feel inside you are enjoying what you're doing? If you're enjoying, also the audience will enjoy point. Mm, that's beautiful. And the different traditions brought to me a big vision about what means for people in another culture to dance and to do stuff and it's more cre- related to feeling uh, is more related to, for example, essence ancestors, or some dances are made as a witchcraft protection, for example, or initiation, or for different reasons, but brought me really in a different space where the dance is not only about, I'm an artist, I create something and I show to you, but it's about a community are practicing something to create a kind of energetic wave. It's completely different. What are some solutions to this? Or is this a problem? Or what, you know, what are your thoughts on that? For me, the problem is a disconnection by the, the people are thinking to themselves as they connected. There is, in one hand, the people think to their bodies, and in the other hand, the people think to their minds. And the two things, most of the time, are not connected. There is this big disconnection. And this is, I think, our society, our contemporary society. For example, people feel they must to work, sit in an office, watching the computer, and when they finish, they can go to the gym sport or they can go to clubs. But to go into clubs, there is a preparation about dress code. You need to be there in a certain timing, specific moment, which are closed in a box. Really, like, if you want to dance, you have to <laughs> go there. It's, it's not a social activity which can happen all over in the street. I think it's our society, contemporary Western society, who need to create boxes. We need to create boxes for everything. We need to create boxes for gender. We need to create boxes about when we should eat. So we have breakfast, lunch, dinner. Not all the bodies has to need this time. <laughs> and gender, okay, so I identify yourself. So she, he, they, open. But for me, for example, the question is, as a queer person, Really, I need to identify myself because if I have to identify, I'm not so sure there is queer in the political sense as, as queer. 
if I'm queer because I'm exactly politically against any kind of definition and structure and stricted concept, to find a definition to, of myself is a, a structure, just different and nice, but it's a structure. I would love a world where really there are no boxes and like we can just flow every day in the direction that we desire. And just don't ask to give to the people explanation, but just from the other side, there is like an attitude about to be like, I would love to eliminate the judgment. This is my thing. Because if there is no need to judge and to put people in the boxes, I can feel free every morning to wake up and to have an idea about myself. And I don't have to spend the time to think I will justify who I am, or I can just live who I am. In all the senses I speak, I BDSM, energetically, um, performative, sexually, identity, all. This is like utopic vision, but if you don't like utopia, why we are artists? You just heard from Ambrita Sunshine, a queer BIPOC artist and performer actively working in both the European and West African scenes. She uses BDSM, sexual energy awakening practices, tantra, dance, and the use of sound and voice in her dances and choreographies. You can read more about her in the show notes. I'm Mad Kate, and you've been listening to Sweat, a series of conversations about performance and performativity of the sexual and sexualized body in work. The theme music was composed by me and features the voice of performer and actress Lori Baldwin. Sweat airs every second Tuesday of the month at 13 hours Central European time on Collaboradio, Free Radios Berlin, Brandenburg, broadcasting on 88.4 FM in Berlin, 90.7 FM in Potsdam, and streaming online at fr-bb.org. Afterwards, it's available for streaming from your podcast app.